Welcome to Drunken Crime. My name is Jasmine. And I'm Teresa. And we're intoxicated. As always. I mean, <laughs> this wouldn't be Drunken Crime without some intoxication, so... I like how I tried to play it off. This is an educated intoxication. Because I'm getting a lot of judgment from my family. What? I'm glad I mean, I, I just... mine. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of feel the like they're... <laughs> they're like, mm, all your hobbies involve alcohol. And I was like, no, they don't. My job does. My hobby does. My social life does. No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> what? No. The it's funny, fine. The funny thing is, my most drinking is usually with you. Wow. This, Not helping my case. <laughs> this podcast is all about drinking, and the only time I feel I need to drink is on this podcast. Or like when we hang out. Well, obviously. <laughs> Which doesn't Though, help my case any further again. I'm leaning to starting to drink on the other podcasts I do kind of everything's been kind of so much easier I've started a new job and getting a new schedule going is really hard especially because the first two weeks I was in-house and two days a week I'm in-house three days a week I'm out so you can drink Obviously. Duh. Okay. I'm just making sure that's where you were going with the story. I was like, I don't know if the story is, the answer is alcohol. Well, we um, all know I don't really choose to drink as much anyway, so yeah. Let's change it. I know. Welcome to Drunken Crime. So we've been gone for a minute. Literally, it was because (laughs) I started a new job, so I'm no longer unemployed. Yay, me. Bills, yeah. I'm not sure if I should give the company name yet because I'm terrified. <laughs> Probably too new. Probably too new. Yeah. yeah. No, but this is sort of the time of year, and I think this happened last year too, where shit just gets a little busy. I took on a bunch of responsibilities and a new title at my work, and I have no fucking time. None. For me, it's Rocktober. Rocktober is a huge yeah. time of year. Fall is very big. Even like September is really big when it comes to concerts. Uh-huh. All right, so, calm down. We get it. You're going to your pumpkin spice latte conventions. Yes, get I'm it. a basic white bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you and so, your fall. Yes. Ew, I hate fall. I prefer summer. I actually love fall. <laughs> I know you do. That's where, again, you and I differ. You and your Jason, me and my vodka. Yeah, I love fall. I'm like, oh, cold weather? I can stay home and read and not talk to people? Fuck yeah. <laughs> See, and I, can I just drunk? do that Down. anyway. I don't need it to be summer, fall, summer. or winter. I just stay home and ignore people. I think it's because I've never lived anywhere with central AC, and so I'm like, ew, oh. summer. Yeah, true yeah. story. Yeah. So we have been absent for a couple weeks because Jasmine got sick but I got sick first where Mm -hmm. it was very bad yeah and sick sick job job yep so we both got sick and then we both started different variations of jobs I no longer was employed and Jasmine started a new title so that kind of kept us a little busy and with busy and less drunk yeah becomes new titles (laughs) and less drinking involved because we kind of have to be sober for our jobs Mm -hmm. which I don't know who made up that rule but I'm only against it when I'm at work (laughs) yeah because beyond that I mean, what I do at home is my thing as long as I'm getting my job done right. True, true. Luckily for me, I actually can sip on a little bit of salt blanc when I'm doing my spreadsheet, so it's fine. Yeah, well, your job allows alcohol. Not to say mine does. My my does. Wow. My does. I've been drinking. My, my does. job doesn't allow alcohol. They just preferred at the end of the day. Hmm. 5 p.m.? Yeah. I was literally just judged for this the other day because... I was mentioning how I was going wine tasting and the person that I was talking to was like, it's 11 a.m. And I was like, yeah, but it's 5 p.m. in wine industry. I saw that post on your stories. I love that. It's literally 5 p.m. in my world. We start in the fucking morning. And then we're in bed by 7. It's fine. We're not hurting anybody. For me, it's been, I literally spent one day and an hour in traffic. That's what it was total. And it fucking Yeah, that was gross. Yeah, I'm really enjoying the new job. I feel like this job was meant for me and made for me because this is literally everything I've been wishing for. Can I just go ahead and preface by saying Teresa got a job where she described it as healthy but alcoholic and then she was like, it's like you. It is. It's total Jasmine job. I have never been so complimented in my life. I'm glad (laughs) I was the one that got to do that. You're welcome. Thank you so much. You're right. I love kombucha and vodka. You're fucking right. This is why I I constantly tell people we're BFFs because Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. of the fact that we are literally so opposite it fucking hurts but at the same right? time we can come together and be like it's okay but it's fine. We, but we do have similarities because remember mm-hmm. i saw that dead pigeon and i wanted to send you a picture of this dead pigeon but i couldn't because it hurt me <laughs> but if you had sent me a photo of the dead pigeon and no context i would have responded with all my friends are dead i know and, like, you never and the worst <laughs> never part is when i saw that i literally thought all my friends are dead (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) and i'm also in the ideal jasmine workplace where when i go to work there's dogs there perfect beautiful love them it's literally jasmine's workplace minus the wine but they have hard liquor in a cart that we can drink at five there we go i love it honestly i keep waiting for the other foot to drop on this job but i don't think it's gonna happen i really don't No, it's meant to be it's it is and i feel like these people understand how i am especially because they're very accepting Mm -hmm. of not only my eating habits because they're all certain people are on special diets especially because they're training for like fucking have you guys heard about Teresa's special diet it's called picky (laughs) as fuck i'm not picky I'm a super taster. Jasmine just refuses to accept it. Picky as fuck. I call her super picky as fuck, actually. She's a super picky as fuck? Just Google super super taster. It's a real thing. (laughs) Fuck you, Jasmine. She's a a super path. (laughs) I'm a super taster slash texture person. It sucks in life. Super taster slash super path. (laughs) But this, this new gig I have, I'm still in the realm of digital marketing. And I am at a job that just, it's fucking me. I don't know how to describe it. Can you guys tell that we skipped therapy this week? I fucking think this is going to be my therapy, honestly. The way I feel like this. No, I'm not even joking. I think this job is going to make me a better person. I hate to say it, but, well, why would I hate to say being a better person? You mean it's going to make you more like me? Fuck that. I don't want to be more like Jasmine. You might be one of my best friends, but I don't want to be a fucking hippie. More like me? No. It's fine. I'm all right. It's fine. It's whatever. You joined a book club. You're about to support a charity. You drink alcohol. You're creative. You love the animals. It's fine. The fact that I get to work with dogs. I just let me know when you start doing yoga. Actually, so funny thing is there's this this thing coming up where we all get together as a company and we have a choice between boxing and yoga. I, of course, Mm. pick boxing, but the minute I saw yoga, I thought, Jasmine. Literally should've so many yoga. things remind me of you and me at this job. It's you should have picked yoga because it would have saved your fucking nails. I can't do yoga because I really hate the calmness of it. Again, so... I'm sorry. Do you not like naps? I There's a naps. guaranteed nap at the end of every yoga session. It's called <laughs> Shavasana. <laughs> so one positive thing about my job is we took a personality test so that we could better communicate with each other. I have learned that I am the only one, number one, in the company, which means I'm a perfectionist, OCD, and a million other things. But I said to Jazz, all at once, are you ready? So I sent it to Jasmine and I was like, what do you think of this? Didn't give her any real context or anything. And she read perfectionist and she's like, oh, yeah, that's 100 percent you. Yeah. And like I said, everybody all at once. I know. I know. We're shocked. We're that... so shocked. Yes. So I will eventually divulge the company. I'm just afraid if I tell who they are, they might not like being associated with podcasts because, again, their opinions and beliefs are not reflected in this podcast. I mean, are anybody's really? I don't even, at the end of it, by the time I'm done with this podcast, I'm pretty fucking done and physically, emotionally, spiritually, alcoholically. <laughs> and so by the end of it, I'm like, do I, do I represent those same feelings? <laughs> tomorrow i don't know because then i listen to the podcast later and i am listening to it like it's the very first time i've ever heard it so that's also because i do a lot of great editing and i remove some sentences (laughs) and some wording you make me sound real smart real good see that's my goal is to make sure that we sound (laughs) smart and informative and unlike that negative review that we don't know what the fuck we're talking about i mean we don't know what the fuck we're talking about don't end don't edit that out we don't know nobody knows that's the whole point of life nobody fucking knows and guess what we all end up in the same fucking place we in the ground bitch well it's more the sense of 
let me rephrase. That one comment said that we were, I guess, overly judgmental. I don't want to talk about the negative comments. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. Positive. I mean, people are mean. Flowers, it's sunshine, fine. You know Jasmine. what else we need to talk about? The world's gone to shit. The world's gone to yes! shit. <laughs> Oh my god, the world's gone to shit. This week, for the world's gone to shit, we are going to talk about what everyone is talking about. Kavanaugh meltdown. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> I don't know if it's considered a meltdown. I just wanted to add meltdown at the end of I it. I don't think it's considered a meltdown, but I think he's being a little bitch because Trump has hardcore supported him. Trump, this is who I want. This is who we need. When he's the worst selection. And I don't want this Worst selection, but also I'm pretty sure that Kavanaugh and Ivanka have to take turns cuddling Trump at night. Oh, we I don't, don't. <laughs> like, I'm pretty really sure Kavalon is in Trump's pocketbook. Oh, God damn it. I have the hiccups. <laughs> God hurt. fucking damn it. And so, I got too excited. So, <laughs> we were talking Kavanaugh about really turned you on, huh? No, we well, were talking about us, and that's what turns me on. <laughs> there we go. My we're talking about ourselves. tendencies. <laughs> oh, my God. Your hiccups. They hurt so much. <laughs> okay, so if you guys have been living under a rock, Brett Kavanaugh, fucking piece of shit asshole has been accused for assaulting christine blasey ford and deborah ramirez back in the 80s and there's all these different cases right now with boys will be boys and anyone who waits as long as a liar all these myths and reasons as to why this entire case has taken 30 whatever years to come to light they try and make these excuses for the victims honestly it's god damn it sorry there's gonna be hiccups involved in this it's It's hard for a victim to come forward and admit to what happened because they have to admit not only were they in a vulnerable state but i don't want to say they allowed it to happen because they didn't in any sense but it happened to them and it's hard to admit something like that i mean even when jasmine and i have our conversations about we we had our me too conversation a while ago and admitting that that shit happens and as strong as her and I are, it's not fucking easy to look someone in the face and be like, yeah, we were sexually assaulted or someone said this inappropriate thing to us. Especially mm-hmm. because in the sense of the boys will be boys and oh what, you can't you can't take a, take a joke? God damn, these hiccups are going to fucking piss me off. <laughs> well, and so the whole reason why Kavanaugh came to light was because of the Me Too movement, which is now about a year old because it started in October of 2017. The Me Too movement actually put Harvey Weinstein into the light of everything and yeah. showed a pattern of sexual misconduct that was throughout ingrained throughout society. Right. And this was something that needed to be discussed. And these myths of boys will be boys and anyone who waits is a liar. Those are two very common threads of uh, thought that are brought up in different various court cases whether it's Cosby or whether it's Weinstein or smaller cases hometown cases it was even brought up in 13 reasons why season two these are things that are always brought up they're always this sort of well everyone does it so it's not so bad why'd you wait so long you clearly made it up and this is how boys are raised and maybe it's the parents fault in the past it doesn't exclude the situations that are at hand but we also need to be understanding of the fact that Brett Kavanaugh is in the limelight He is 100% in the limelight right now, and he was from the beginning when this started. A lot of people were targeted when the Me Too movement came out, some wrongfully so, sure. I don't think Brett Kavanaugh is one of those wrongfully targeted people, but but he is claiming that, and he does have that ground to stand on. While I don't think he deserves it, there is that argument, right? There is the argument of there are people that have misused the Me Too movement, and the the wrong people can use that to their discretion. And Trump... Even is even tweeted about saying, well, if this girl and her loving parents really felt that this was such a big deal, they would have come forward in the 80s. And clearly that wasn't a big deal. Well, no, that's a different time frame, right? Like, yeah. Tracy and I fully believe that in the 80s, Tracy? that was a... Uh, I did. I did. I called Fuck you Tracy. You. I don't, <laughs> who's Tracy? I don't know. I don't know a Tracy. Oh, Are you I cheating I on me with Never another mind. podcaster? You know no, uh, all about my podcast. <laughs> Oh my god, Jasmine. Okay, your fire is the best friend. That's it. (laughs) Jasmine is no longer my best friend. (laughs) I email a girl in wholesale every day, and her name's Tracy. Uh, And I think that's literally the same. No, not you. You are not the same. She's much nicer. I was going to say, she's called like rainbows and sunshine. That's how it usually goes. So, Teresa and I both believe. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Jasmine knows who she's talking Um, to, I swear. (laughs) 
Teresa and I both believe that the 1980s was a different world. We've had this discussion about abuse and sexual misconduct and also just even with depression and mental illness, like mental health. There, that wasn't accepted. None of it was accepted. You could be a fucking latchkey kid in the 80s and not mm-hmm. understand that Richard Ramirez was on the loose because it just didn't fucking, it wasn't in public eye, it wasn't knowledgeable. Yeah. It's one of those situations where the world is very different. We're a bit more emotional now. We're also a, way more aware of what is right and what is wrong. And we're rewriting the script. And I think that's the biggest message here. With Brett Kavanaugh's situation, it's, I have a feeling, going to go on for at least another six months to a year. It's going to be dragged out for sure. We're going to look back and be like, oh, that was annoying and obnoxious. But at the end, it's going to be Kavanaugh, and he's not going to be too happy with the results, and I'm pretty sure on that. I mean, with Deborah Ramirez, I don't think she's, I don't think she's actually testifying, but Blasey Ford, Christine Blasey Ford is, so. Well, the worst thing is this guy is still being considered for Supreme Court justice. And that's the thing that bothers me the most. There's all this drama behind him. There's all this, you know. And that's the one thing that's been bothering me, especially about the current presidency, is they're questioning her. That's the one thing? That's the one thing? Okay, no, no, no. A million things questioned about the current presidency. (laughs) But the most recent thing that has questioned me about the current presidency is the fact that how much Trump has tried to go to bat for this guy who mm-hmm. has committed this fucking bullshit thing. And, okay, granted, let me rephrase. So we don't know if he's committed. It's alleged, whatever. But the whatever. fact that two people have alleged this guy to be a sexual predator in a way. And Trump, of all fucking people, and I cannot say President Trump because I understand if we have Republicans listening to us, which will be really surprising to me. That would be really impressive. As a Republican, I commend you. I didn't realize your asshole could open up enough to listen to your (laughs) podcast that didn't actually line up with your own beliefs. So correct. 100%. And (laughs) we have no disrespect for anyone's political beliefs. Totally not. Nope. When it comes to this matter, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Because Trump is literally trying to victim blame, saying that, oh, her parents or her didn't come forward. The 80s were a really different time. When shit like that went down, you were kind of supposed to keep it inside. You weren't supposed to tell anyone. You were supposed to suck it up. You know, shit like that. These all seem like sexual innuendos that you're saying. I know, right? Keep it inside. (laughs) (laughs) Suck it up. (laughs) Oh, God. But, you know, Mm. at that time, the the 80s were definitely very... It was over 20 years ago, and there were a time where (laughs) something bad happened to you, and you kind of just looked the other way, especially because Mm -hmm. women's rights Mm -hmm. and all this other bullshit. So in this sense now, we have this guy who's up for Supreme Court justice who Trump has a hard on for. I'm glad that all this shit came out because he was not the right person because we want someone Mm -hmm. who will uphold the Constitution and that's the whole point of a Supreme Court justice is someone who's going to uphold the Constitution. And this person is so right wing and so fucking all about themselves that I believe they lose sight of that and while it sucks that it took this long for her to come forward and the time of it really sucks I think it kind of was justified because she had the opportunity to come forward and say hey while this person has a chance to become a Supreme Court justice no they're not the right person because of these reasons and while she should have come forward earlier there wasn't the platform for it because at the time if she'd come forward in like the 90s people would have probably laughed her off and like you asked for it or you were dressing skimpy and that was the whole mentality of the 80s to 90s is women were asking for it but now you know 2018 because the world caught up finally which in some cases it hasn't old white men (laughs) old white men it isn't the case where this woman has come forward and said hey this motherfucker sexually assaulted me and now we have the fucking president of the goddamn united states saying hey her credibility might be off but then again this is also the guy who admits to grabbing pussies so 
So this is my thought process on it. This is just our Clinton and Monica Lewinsky scandal. Mm. But the roles were all reversed. Everyone got really confused as to what part they played. And then it's, and now it's like weird, scandaly. What's happening? I don't know, but somebody fucked me. And everyone's really confused. But there's like a lot of drama and the president's involved. And I think Kavanaugh's Lewinsky. And I don't know if that's right. but I still it- don't <laughs> understand how anyone supports Clinton after the whole Monica Lewinsky thing. Remember when the Monica Lewinsky thing came out? So many people were in Clinton's corner be like, yeah, bravo, good job. Yeah, you fucked her with a cigar. I think that... Clinton is a very dangerous man that we should probably maybe like a little bit, but also well, at the same time he, would, he did like really great things for politics. No, and he it did really great sucks things for politics because you know his wife had a lot of influence. But I just think, especially because the Clinton thing that happened recently when we were trying to get that podcast up and running, dude, we had a podcast episode where we talked about the Clintons and how episode. corrupt they are. Yes, it was a mini episode. Sorry, and was, no, was it a full? No, it was a full episode. It was. It was. Yeah, so we talked about how the Clintons were involved in multiple cover-ups murder and all this stuff. The very first time we tried to record it, I got really fucked up and I couldn't record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird. Which is funny. Do you think she was the second time? Now? Right. And then, oh, and during that time when I got too fucked up to record, also all of her audio wasn't working. Yeah, we had a lot of so audio So it was one of the situations where I was, I'm too fucked up now. The I've been drinking, preparing, what? and what? What? How can I not make a situation <laughs> reference and you not get it because you fucking love the Jersey Shores? Wait, I didn't hear you. That's why I said what? <laughs> I love the Jersey Shore. That's so Anyways, sad. I haven't watched the newest shit because I'm too afraid to watch it and hate it. So I'm I just wish you guys like could not. see me. I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> and I'm doing the Z formation. I don't even know what that is. I don't know. It's like sass in Whatever. a glass. Anyway, back to uh, anyways. Clintons. So yeah, so we talked to shit on the Clintons in that last episode. It's the first episode that we tried to record of it. Audio failures. I got too hammered. We couldn't record. Second Not time we did hammered, that. You got high too. Yeah, I was really fucked up. Yeah, yeah I was really fucked up. So I like, couldn't do anything. So I was like, I'm going to bed, fetal position. It's fine. This is totally normal. This is called depression. And then I we we did the we recorded it originally again because we didn't do it the first time. And so the second time we did it, then there was all these glitches. She she had edited the whole fucking episode, and then I it was hate corrupt that episode. I fucking my <laughs> it ended up being just... a corrupt file yeah. when she tried to upload it, and she was fuck this. We're skipping a week. We're not doing this. And I was totally okay. Totally, okay. it's the Clintons' fault, honestly. Team Lewinsky, like it's fine. We have decided that we are going to have a common saying where it's all like oh it must be the clintons anytime anything goes wrong because yeah obviously it must be the clintons because it's the clintons i had to edit that fucking podcast twice twice i hate that podcast and i say a like a lot (laughs) yes you do and ums and shit like that like ums and Teresa's a bitch yes kidding. which no. is fine we can have that one but please just cut out the bitch part oh no it's, it just it's Teresa's a and then it cuts out and then it just comes right back to anyways back to our show <laughs> <laughs> and I think that would be really good I fucking uh, hate that podcast I hate it so much and I'm good I already am mentally I, noting how many times we said like and um in this one 37 is not that much fucking hate it like we really the, see, correct answer is like 42 right so I gotta step it up a few <laughs> Look, maybe you should take a stab at editing this shit. (laughs) But that requires me to trust you and me to get over my perfectionist issues. Yeah, let's calm down. You're a one. Let's just stay a one. I know. I know. (laughs) Now Jasmine knows how to deal with me better because I'm a fucking one. She's a fucking one. And And I'm I'm probably some weird hippie four or something. I don't know what what the number scale is. I just made this up. Guess what? It's a full-length episode, so we've got two stories to tell. And I'm going first. I don't fucking care what the rules are. I'm going to go first. I'm pretty sure the rules are you go first in this (laughs) (laughs) She's trying to be a rebel without a cause. (laughs) Do you know that movie? Maybe? Yes? No? Um, It sounds familiar. (laughs) Ah, fuck you. Okay, well, listen. What is the movie? James Dean. He's a role technically out of cause. It's literally the title. Nope. I yeah. saw Hereditary. I haven't seen that movie. That's a scary movie. It's good. It has Tony Collette in it. I like it's her. It's on like Amazon Prime or something. It is on Amazon Prime. You can rent it for like, I think five ninety nine ah. HD. Look, I'm behind in this podcast and I'm behind on the other podcast. So yeah. so get to watching movies. Fuck that. 
Fuck the podcast. Watch Look, the movie. It's something called a job right now, and it pays my bills. I wouldn't know. Weird. Hmm. I know. Hmm. How about I, that? It's fine. I'm not working 10-hour days. It's cool. Nope. Jasmine has <laughs> a million hours available. She's... Yeah, I'm 100% laying in bed drinking Mai Tais. I wish. Yep. I'm allergic 100%. to pineapple. She's on the beach, you know. <laughs> anyway, like, let's get to your story. Okay. Okay. Welcome kids to my story i forgot how to do this it's been so long (laughs) she's forgotten how to podcast it's been so long okay you guys i'm just staring at a photo of this woman that i'm doing the story i'm gonna show Teresa so she can see it and i wrote i'm sorry on her mouth wow she looks kind of scary even before the sorry she's dead not in the photo why did you write sorry on a dead woman's mouth because she's dead and i felt bad that she was dead so i wrote i'm sorry on her mouth well i don't know the story so you might want to fill me in okay i'll fill you in you ready sure about that Mm. okay so there's this attorney and part-time judge her name is susan winters and while i don't normally like attorneys or judges because judging people is not my thing it's actually her um, (laughs) Whatever. She still died. So that's very sad. She was found dead from a combination of ethylene glycol poisoning and oxycodone intoxication in 2015. And her death was initially... Hold on. Her death was initially ruled as a suicide and then later changed to undetermined. Okay. I'm going to tell you about the case. Let's do it. So on January 3rd, 2015... Psychologist Brent Davis of Las Vegas called 911 after finding his wife, Susan Winters, who was 48 years old, non-responsive in bed. So she was in her bed in her bedroom. Susan was still alive, but she was not responding when the paramedics arrived. And then she was taken to the hospital where she then died later in that day. By the way, she didn't just die later that day. Dennis instructed the doctors to take his wife off life support later that day. Okay. So already, ding, 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 husband did it, right? Fuck yeah. Her. Because the husband didn't even wait a fucking full day. He was just like, oh, six hours later, it's been a full work day? All right, cut her. We're out. <laughs> Dennis told police that he and Susan had been fighting. Susan was drinking while on antidepressant medication for depression and threatened to kill herself often. He claimed he found two bottles of antifreeze out of place in the garage and speculated Susan drank the antifreeze at some point. Brent also said that he had been asleep the entire fucking night and then woke up and found her unresponsive and called so the cops. So wait. The psychologist's <laughs> husband, who reported his wife to be depressed, believed that his wife drank antifreeze. Yes, yes, yeah. The psychologist clearly is really bad at his fucking job. Right. Or really good at his job at passing blame and getting away with murder. We will see. So, initially, the coroner had said, well, dude, there's fucking ethanol, glycol, and oxycodone in your system, so she obviously died from that. So, we're going to go ahead and say suicide, because typically, that's suicide. But... Why would he even question if it was suicide? Ethylene, wait, hold on. Ethylene glycol, ethylene glycol is the main ingredient in antifreeze. Okay. If you're going to kill yourself, and you've ingested oxycodone and alcohol, don't you think that would do the trick, right? An abundant amount of oxy and fucking alcohol. That would yeah. do the trick eventually, right? Why would you top so. it off with some antifreeze? Why would you shut down your fucking organs? I don't know. Maybe she was afraid that she was going to live through it. One of those weird people. Like, you know, because she ends up brain damaged anyway. Very possible, yeah. Another weird thing, though, about her suicide is that she didn't leave a note. There was no glass of in which she drank alcohol. There was also no antifreeze remnants in any glassware in their house. And there was no prescription bottles for oxycodone in their house. he 100% did it. So in 2016, Susan's parents hired a retired FBI detective and attorney, Tony somebody, I don't know his last name, who filed a civil lawsuit against the husband on the parents' behalf. According to Las Vegas Review-Journal, the suit alleges that Winters died under suspicious circumstances and it blames her demise on Dennis, who it contends had a financial motive. Fun fact... So, my poor baby Linda died, Susan Winters, obviously, poor baby Linda, Mm -hmm. Susan Winters, died on a Saturday, and the fucking douche husband called life insurance on Monday and collected her $2 million life insurance policy and inheritance. Because he was such the grieving widower. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. So, Tony, the retired FBI detective and attorney, compiled a huge investigative report citing potential evidence that Susan Winter's husband actually was a giant cokehead and had a connection to a man named Jeffrey Crosby, who in the past had been convicted for possession of said coke and with the intent to sell coke. 
during the deposition, Dennis admitted to buying drunk drugs from Crosby, and so that was obviously confirmed that drugs were obviously involved in their marriage. There was a lot of stories about how Susan Winters was depressed in the years prior and how she started to threaten Dennis's... Practice? Yeah, practice, yeah. I was going to say, what is it called? Law degree? <laughs> Not law degree. Psychology? I'm Psychology? I'm, I predict the future, see? <laughs> well, yeah, so she started threatening him. I'm going to report you to the board. You need to get your fucking life together. You're doing coke every night. We can't fucking afford this shit. This is Rihanna shit. We can't do fucking coke yeah, every night. Yeah, real coke can be pricey. Real coke is fucking expensive. So mm-hmm. you can't do that every night, dude. You're just a no. psychologist and she's just, just a, a lawyer. Blend. It won't kill you to get a blend if you know the people. You're just going to shit out of your asshole a lot because it's going to be cut with baby laxatives. It's right. fine. So remember how I said the husband claimed that he was asleep the whole night? Yes. Well, phone records show six calls and text messages from Susan's phone to Crosby, the dealer's phone, in the days before her death. Her father said that she called Crosby to inform him that she was going to turn in her husband to the authorities and stop selling my, my fucking husband drugs because he can't help himself. But at the same time, her husband, the night of, had made a bunch of phone calls and text messages and Google searches and it's so great. Her parents insisted Susan did not commit suicide. They told the court that Susan purchased airline tickets to San Jose, California, Atlanta, and Hawaii to attend her youngest daughter's cheerleading competitions and she was like super excited so then i did some research and i went a little off page with this okay does somebody who is planning on committing suicide still make big purchases mm-hmm. that's a question i wanted to know right yeah, that makes an sense. answer i wanted to know it was a bit of a yes and no so basically people that are considering committing suicide won't spend a million dollars on a house and won't do their big $200,000. as life as usual. So if life is right. calling them to make a airplane purchase, they would. Right. Trips could still be considered normal yeah. if they were already planning on those trips before they had decided they were going to commit suicide. Right. So it's a weird gray area because people are like, well, she had plane tickets to go to these things. Like, yeah, but there are competitions for her daughter, which would be business as usual. And that kind of falls in that category of she could have committed suicide. Yeah. Also, some of the allocations that she, I'm sorry, accusations that she had made against her husband was that he was gay. He was sleeping with his drug dealer, that he obviously was a cokehead different things like that well mind you this all happened in 15 so in february of 2017 two years later with the family fighting this going no fuck you brett brett dennis is 100 the guy that did it they arrested and charged him with murder in the death of his wife two years police later? obtained two years later police obtained well that's domestic violence for you dude yeah it takes a long fucking time to prove this shit because it's the family it's the family money it's the constant effort there uh yeah, police obtained phone records showing that Dennis had used his phone at 2.45 in the morning on January 3rd. Mind you, it was 6.48 a.m. that he called 911, so three hours prior. Dennis, the husband, sent the drug dealer 20 text messages hours after his wife allegedly poisoned herself. Cell tower records showed Dennis left his home to meet his drug dealer, and when he came back home, it was around 3.30 in the morning, and then he placed a final call to his drug dealer at 5.32 in the morning, an hour before his he called in 911 for his wife. Wow. The fucking cell tower shit? That's some Adnan Saeed shit, right? That's some serial podcast shit. That's what I was shit. thinking. It's some whole <laughs> cell tower bullshit. Yeah, that's some 100% Adnan Saeed cell tower shit. And also computer records... Hi. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Fun fact. For people who what? don't know who Adon Saeed is. That's the Serial Podcast, dude. Yes. So there's another podcast called Serial and Adon Saeed. Season one. Yes. Is a guy who might have been convicted of murder, even though he didn't do it. At least that's the way the evidence points. They're now finally retrying the whole thing. I don't have any updates on it. Right, yeah. Adnan Saeed was convicted of killing his girlfriend yeah, in high one, school. One thing they years used and years was ago. cell tower info. And they used before, cell towers, yeah. Yeah, before it was really accurate. Right. So, yeah. But so to add on to the cell towers yeah. for this story is the computer records. Well, <laughs> this fucking guy. Year. So this is what, 2017 you said? This is 2017. Yeah. So well, the, way different the murder, potential suicide, most yeah. likely murder, happened in 2015. 
But the computer records came back because they fucking looked at what he Googled and it came back and it showed that somebody was online after the husband met with the drug dealer trying to access Susan's $200,000 bank account. Oh, wow. And then somebody was Googling the lethal effects on antifreeze. Oh, shit. Come on. That's fucking shit. Yeah, I literally, I I read that and I was like, so basically he was, hey, Google, how do I murder? Yeah, literally. (laughs) That's what he did. That's 100% what he did. So he was arrested in 2017. And after the arrest, the Clark County coroner, John Fudenberg, actually changed Susan's death, uh, manner of death, rather, from suicide to undetermined. So that way the case can be prolonged and they can go back in and kind of investigate. No, that makes sense. A court ruled that Dennis could reopen his practice, though, after he was posted on bail. Why the fuck would they let that piece of shit open his practice again? Yeah. So he's, he's. If someone's on trial for murder, they don't get to open their practice again. Right. 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 A hundred percent. I'm sorry. I wouldn't want to go to a fucking shrink if he's potentially up for murder of his own wife. I don't know. What is wrong with our system? Why is our system like this? Our system's like this because the world is like this. God, this the world is like this because the world's gone to shit. Fuck the world. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the world. <laughs> so I don't have a fucking answer for you because... I hate you. <laughs> the next update is this November Ugh. as far as what is to happen. He's currently practicing and he's currently out on bail. No. And no, we will find no. out. Are they trying to get more people to kill themselves? Is that what they're trying to do? They're not. She didn't kill her fucking self. Again. He fucking murdered her because she threatened. Do you not see my quotations? Alleged suicide. Um, Also, I I googled. Of course you did. All the symptoms of antifreeze. intoxication or whatever hopefully no one around you knows like kills themselves (laughs) with antifreeze i really hope so if you're my friend and you're like thinking about it don't use antifreeze because it's gonna make me look like i didn't i didn't do it also i when i was first reading all the symptoms i was like it's me it's me it's me and then i got to the end and i was like oh yeah never mind it's not me but okay everyone can relate to this headache fatigue groggy slurred speech nausea vomiting Rapid breath, rapid heart rate, convulsions, and then of course all of your major organs fail. But in the beginning, right? Like like a normal day. In the beginning, that is, yeah, exactly. That is my 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. I have all that. And I was like, oh shit, I am suffering from antifreeze daily. (laughs) Did you know you took any? I didn't know I took any. So I am being poisoned daily by my own fictitious husband that I don't have. But it's fine. So if you suffer from fatigue and all the symptoms that Jasmine listed, you have... You were suffering from antifreeze. You should probably go get checked out by your local doctor. Go lie down. You about to die. (laughs) Also, I was thinking about that too. If I was suffering from any of those symptoms... I would lie down in my bed, right? Yeah, if you obviously. were, if you had a headache, if you were tired, if you're groggy, if you had slurred speech and you had been drinking and you were like, oh, I probably shouldn't have had that third glass of wine with my fucking antidepressant. If you were doing all those things and you had these symptoms, you would just lie down and you'd go to bed. Yeah. It wouldn't be a big deal. So he could have slipped antifreeze into her whatever drink she was drinking, knowing that she mixed alcohol with her antidepressants. Mm, yeah. Or he could have done it after. So, and that's the other thing, too, is I looked up how long it takes. It's gradual over hours, and it absorbs and metabolizes, and then the chemicals convert into other toxic substances. So it can actually take anywhere between 30 minutes and 12 hours to kill you. Wow. I didn't realize that Depending on, worked, that slur- worked that slow. Yeah, no, yeah, 30 minutes to 12 hours. And there's even cases where it's past a day that it took because it was small doses over a, a period of time. So, so it's, it's slipping it into someone's drink. The right. women we've talked about who slowly poison people. Well, and, and then there's also cases where people are like, oh, I took some, but I, you know, I didn't want to actually work. And then, yeah. oh, I thought it was fine. And then they die. Those are, there's also those cases. And then there's another huge case, too, with this situation where Susan Winters was said to be depressed and suicidal, like I mentioned in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But my big argument with that is you could have suicidal thoughts and not 
kill yourself in such a drastic way. Like, I feel like people that are suicidal aren't looking for attention. Yeah, because usually it's they're more, like, subtle, like slitting the wrist or their intention or is to not be a part of this anymore, and yeah. so they're not looking to. If she took her fucking oxy and she took alcohol why is she also going to take antifreeze you know like why is she going to go that's a lot of things to do she's 48 years old she's a fucking lawyer she's a part-time judge she's also her parents own sonic burger i guess and so she like (gasps) had like a bunch of fucking money from sonic burger too so like she's like all this financial gain and while money isn't love and power and happiness at the same time i just don't think that she was looking for attention and i feel she got stuck with a drug Adult husband who also happens to be a fucking worst shrink in America. Yeah. And, and the fact that some circuit yeah. court judge allowed him to practice still, fuck that. Yeah, no, he's still out there, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, he's still there. And we will wait and see if he gets fucking prosecuted as the murderer of his wife. Oh, and his children at the time of when she died were 12 and 14. Oh, jeez. So, fuck this guy. Fuck everything about him. They've been dealing with this for years. There's no resolution. It's just this weird limbo case, and their mom's yeah, gone. That's fucking sucks. Pretty shitty. Yeah, Especially it's your turn question, now. Like, did my dad kill my mother? My mom. That's such mm-hmm. a fucked up shit to think. Are you ready? It's your turn. Yeah. So it's my turn to tell a wonderful story. And Do it. Mine is titled "Another Vampire" because last time I had a full length about a vampire, and this time I have another vampire. So you're just on a vampire kick. Yeah, but this is gonna be the last one because I haven't found any good vampire stories besides this one. So mm. this is about a guy named John Brian Crutchley. He okay. so this took place in late November 1985, and again. This is not because my birthday's in November, which... No, it's fine. You're totally not. (laughs) It's totally not because you're totally involved in your own birthday and things like that. So, actually, it was a happy coincidence when this happened because I was like, oh, shit, this happened in November. So, late November 1985 in Malabar, Brevard, Varda County, Florida. So this is a Florida story, and we all know how. Oh God! Everyone in Florida is fucking nuts, right? Even in 1985. Yep. So there was a female teenage (coughs) hitchhiker that was picked up by John, and I'm gonna apologize now because my gray cat has decided to bat the fucking blind. So if you guys can hear that, not my problem, (laughs) because I just can't control the cat. (laughs) You try and control a fucking cat. Not possible no anyway so john picks up a female teenager hitchhiker he offers to take her wherever she needs to go but he has to stop at home first she says that's fine no problem again i don't really know if she says that's fine no problem but she obviously doesn't care because he does so he stops at home and invites her inside, but she refuses. She's just going to sit in the car. Then he goes to the back seat of the car and decides to choke her out. Because, you know, I mean, girls are into it. Of course. Everyone's into choking these days. Well, at least yeah. in 1985, at least. Crickets. So when she wakes up, she is strapped to the kitchen counter. She was unable to use her arms or her legs. And there is a videotape and lighting placed in front of her. And I'm assuming it's one of those big bulky oh, cameras, not like yeah. the small handheld. That Early 1990s dad cams. Yeah. Like, I want to watch you eat cake and get it all over your face, but also yeah. now you're going to be dead. Yeah. And this is one of those thick, bulky cameras that needs a stand <laughs> because you can't hold it because it weighs a million pounds. Well, John proceeds to rape her and videotape it. He then inserts needles into her arms and wrists and carefully drains her blood. He then begins to drink it, telling her that he was a vampire. Oh my god. He then handcuffed her and put her in the bathtub and returned later to rape her and extract more blood. Oh my god. Because, you know. You can't even fight off a person when you have no fucking blood. I can't fight off a person when I haven't had lunch. Like, Jesus. I cannot fight off a person when I haven't had a shower. <laughs> You're trying to do something to me? Leave me alone. Come back after the shower. Just there you stop. go. So the next morning, after the third round of raping and blood draining, he left her handcuffed in the bathroom, telling her that he would be back later for more, and that if she tried to escape, that his brother would come and kill her. 
After he left the house, she was able to push herself through the bathroom window and crawl nude on the road. Hands and feet handcuffed together, she crawled along the roadside screaming for help. A few Aww. trucks passed her by before one finally fucking stopped. I'm well, sorry. honestly, this was pre-human centipede, but at the same time, they're probably thinking the same thing. Right. But at the same time, you're like, wait, there's this new chick who is handcuffed to her ankles. She's fucking crawling on the ground. And Maybe they're calling just... the cops. Maybe they didn't stop because that's probably a bad situation. But they called the cops. You never know. Cell phones weren't really around then. This is the Maybe 80s. Maybe they went to the next truck stop and no, called the cops. No, fuck that. Fuck these people who did not stop and help her. Fuck them. I would not stop. Of course you wouldn't. Anyways. What do you mean? I'm a very compassionate human being. I would normally do things for other people, but at the same time, that is a terrifying situation. Oh, no. It's 100% I would not scary. Stop. That but is I mean, a nightmare. I don't know. Truck drivers tend to have a bad rap anyway, so whatever. Just pull over. Fuck it. Right? So one finally stopped for her. She begged the driver not to take her back to that house. And I'm using air quotes because in the article I was reading, that house was in quotations. Okay. And... She told the driver to remember the specifics of the area and she provided small details about the house that she'd just come from. The driver then made mental notes and he took her to his house and then he called the police and the ambulance. So fucking thank God for a good Samaritan. I mean, the God I don't believe in. Anyway. Whatever. The hospital determined that she was missing between 40 to 45% of her blood. And then oh if she had been drained again, she would not have survived. So it was a good thing that she escaped. So this bitch wanted to live. Why do I call these people bitches when... I'm not this saying bitch, in a derogatory this way. This fucking surviving no. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> How dare she survive? No, no. How not the anything fuck like dare that. she? So mm. this, this woman... This surviving yeah. little bitch. Right. Whatever. Anyway, Anybody that dies is also a bitch. I'm just Anybody saying she that lives is a bitch too. She wants to survive with 40 to 45% of her blood drained out of her body. That's, that's like negative four snacks. That's someone who wants to fucking live. No joke. So I feel like everyone that has died wanted to live though. Some Okay, look. The story you just did, if she wanted to live, she would have just bailed on the marriage. She wouldn't have gone home. Maybe she didn't know it was life-threatening. You still don't trust him. I don't know. Something about that just seems fishy to me. I just really hope that you don't get in a relationship that ends up in you being murdered because then I'll be like, that bitch wanted it. (laughs) Right? Why is everything about me being murdered? I've noticed this lately. Hmm. Every time Jasmine and I have a conversation, it always ends up me being murdered. Never her. I'm a nice human being. I don't know what you're talking about. Lies. That's fucking lies. Even though we're friends, but still lies. Anyway, back to the story. Code seven. They're catching on. So, a search warrant was issued for John's house. His wife and son were away for Thanksgiving, and the search took place at 2.30 a.m. So, let me do a throwback really quick. I actually mentioned this story in our mini-so last time, because mm-hmm. and so because I thought it was so fascinating, I decided to share the whole story with you. So, in okay. case some of this seems familiar, like the wife and being gone anyway. Now you know. That's why. So, back to the story. So... The cops found a camera and a videotape, but they had been partially erased and didn't have the rape or blood draining in in it. The police took photos of the house, including pictures of a stack of credit cards several inches thick, box of necklaces that were hidden in the closet, and John was arrested during the search. Local authorities contacted FBI profiler Robert Ressler, who was actually credited for coining the term serial killer. So hmm. now we know who invented the term. Interesting. Little fuckboy. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> or maybe the guy that was smart enough to give it a term. So Robert was convinced that John was a serial killer before and identified him as such as being the organized type. He was insistent on a second search for with a wider scope, more details than the first. Well, upon the second search, the stack of credit cards was missing, along with a box of necklaces. Robert then noted that four female bodies had been found in the Brevard County in previous years, and also several unexplained bodies of missing women in Pennsylvania where John used to live. So a little backstory about John. So we're going back in time. Mm -hmm. Back in time. (laughs) So 
Previously, in 1955, 25-year-old secretary Deborah Fitzjohn disappeared in Fairfax, Virginia. John had been put under scrutiny because he was her boyfriend and the last place she had been seen alive was at the trailer park that he lived. He was interviewed many times, but the lack of evidence made it impossible for them to make arrests, even after her remains were found in October the following year. What? Yeah. So during the second search, they also found a stack of 72 three by five cards on which John had recorded women's names and described their sexual preferences. Oh, when... I'm gonna need more than one card. <laughs> I'm the fact, I'm shocked that he's 72, but I guess if you're that organized. Oh, wow, that's really great. So when contacted, some of the partners said that John had crossed the line from kinky, kinky consexual acts to sexual assault involving restraints. Yikes. So his wife had apparently cooperated in similar acts and spoke to the press about him. She had said that his attacks on this girl of draining the blood. She said it was gentle rape devoid of any overall brutality. Gentle rape. Right. You know, it's just, okay, you know, draining Yeah, it's fine. It's blood. just casual Wednesday night gentle rape. Right? No big deal. Who so passe about rape? It's nah, just rape. Nobody gets raped on a Wednesday. It's fine. No, no, it's fine. You know, being raped and having fuck someone, it, it's you know, gentle and it's friendly. It's a, it's a Walmart greeter oh. just kind of casually raping you. It's fine. Under fifty percent of her blood was drained, but it was casual. It was okay. It was raped it's nonetheless, fine. but you know, it's fine. It's no big deal. But she also mentioned the fact that her and her daughter were away on Thanksgiving vacation, which I find is odd because why didn't John go with you? Yeah. So, does your family not want to see him? Is there a reason? Maybe why because they know that he's a fucking douche nozzle, right? So in June of 1986, John pled guilty to the kidnapping and rape in exchange for the defense to drop the grievous bodily harm, which was a result of extracting blood and also drug possession. So he pled guilty to, you know, everything else, but, you know, just Good. do away with the bodily harm and the drug possession because he had to drug the bitch. God, I feel bad for saying... You keep calling everyone bitches. I know. I You're just be. so angry. I am. It's the typical one in you. It is. It's so the one in me. <laughs> I'm just angry. Anyway, so during the sentencing phase, the blood issue did come up. But nonetheless, John said he had been introduced to blood drinking by a nurse in about the 1970s as he participated in a sexual ritual. Oh. So then he said that the blood should not be considered in his sentence because he did not drink it because it had coagulated before he was able to. And so he so couldn't what? get it, it down. So what? It means he could have chewed it. Yeah, well, he says that since he was unable to drink the blood, it shouldn't be part of his sentencing. Which, I'm sorry, you still tried to steal her blood. She had 40 to 45% gone. Almost I'm half. Also, if you just can't properly figure out how to drink it after, don't drain it. Maybe if you can't drink, drink it, it, don't drain water. it. If you can't drink it, don't drain it. Right? During his sentencing or whatever, or the trial, his wife did not take the stand, but told reporters that her husband wasn't guilty, but was just a sort of kinky guy. Literally, oh, a quote God. of hers is, a kinky sort of guy. Oh, God. Yeah, she had some, she had to have issues. I probably should have researched her what the fuck she went through. She was based, probably abused her whole life. I wouldn't doubt it. So based on testimony between the FBI profiler, he was at the sentencing hearing and the judge chose to exceed the state guidelines. So this judge decided to surpass what the state guidelines are. And he sentenced John to 25 years to life in prison with a 50-year subsequential parole. In Damn. 1992, Robert, the FBI profiler, wrote about John and his 1986 conviction and predicted that he would be released in 1998. John was actually released in 1996. Holy shit. So after serving only 11 years of his sentence, he was released on August 8th for good behavior. Officials in Bridgeport, West Virginia, where his mother lived, did not want him, nor did the people of Marble or Melbourne. Therefore, he was transferred to Orlando Probation and Restitution Center, a halfway house 
where he would undergo counseling mm -hmm. and restitutions even serving while serving his 50 years of parole. Mm -hmm. So, now this is the kicker and if any of you remember our mini episode from last time, this is kind of funny. So, less than a day later, he was arrested again for violating his parole after being tested positive for marijuana. Even less though than he, a day. Less than a day. So, even though he denied smoking any pot, saying that inmates blew it in his face, prosecutors in the subsequent trial showed that John's confession to a correctional officer that he had smoked pot before the interview because he was nervous and then oh so he did this because of his impending release and you know with the results of cannabis causing a relaxing mm -hmm. effects that's why he was willing to do it so this violated his parole and resulted in a sentence to life imprisonment january 31st 1997 is when he got put back into jail because you know literally the day later so so ridiculous january 30th he gets released free. 31st gets back in jail because it was under the three strikes law so the way it worked was because of his conviction they had the first two which was kidnapping and rape of a teenager that he drained blood from and then the mm -hmm. third strike was the marijuana because at the time marijuana is illegal right so, so ridiculous three strikes you're out yeah well that's On baseball march 30th 2002 he died in prison wow coroner's officers reported on April 2nd, 2002, that he'd been found dead in his cell at the Hardy Correctional Institute with a plastic bag over his head. The cause of death reported was asphyxiation. By himself? Yeah, apparently suicide. Oh. So, subsequent report around August 1st, 2003 from Florida Department of Correction declared that he died of erotic asphyxiation. Exfiliation. Exfiliation. Jesus. So. Erotic same. asphyxiation. Yeah, so he's trying boring. to get off by, you know, hanging himself with a plastic bag over his head. So suffocating himself to get off. Yeah, well, I guess I would be bored in jail too. Right. So now here's this weird thing. So at the time of his arrest, he was found with great deal of highly classified information regarding Navy weaponry and communications. Unnamed federal agencies other than the FBI considered opening an espionage case against him. Oh, shit. His employer was highly involved with not only NASA research and launching facilities at Cape Canal, uh, or no, sorry, Cape Canaveral, but also other naval contracts and subcontractors. So Damn. he was on the board for espionage, maybe, and but then he goes and makes so he was screwed a hundred percent. Yeah, sorry, dude, you fucked up on this time. See you right? next time around. So also stop draining people's fucking blood, you vamp. Right. I don't get that. Oh, I did this as a as a thing in the past where it was a sexual ritual. I was just like a thing I was into. I just yeah. wanted to fucking drink blood, but I got weirded out when it got chunky and uh, I couldn't drink it. You know, like when milk expires. <laughs> but All right, saying, bye. <laughs> so they're saying that he killed over 30 women, but they can't prove it, especially because they didn't take the fucking necklaces because they were pretty sure that those necklaces and... The stack of credit cards probably belongs in the women he murdered. I feel like there are thousands, if not at least a million, millions of murders that have not been solved based on just lack of evidence and people getting away with it. And well, it's not even like, lack I of evidence. I wonder how many like, serial killers I've ever been in contact with personally. Right? It, well, the other thing is, this shit was right in front of the police, but they didn't... I don't know if it has to do with the fact of their scope of what they're allowed to take during the search, but, you know... I'm them, pretty sure they were, would be allowed to take that, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but why wouldn't they? Especially because now the FBI profiles know you need to take that shit, and that it's gone because the wife come back, and I think the wife has something to do with the cover-up, so mm -hmm. fuck her. I don't understand how you'd be so diluted. Maybe you have to be brainwashed. I don't even think you need to be brainwashed to be that involved. I think it's just like this power of suggestion and always being involved in that situation that you end up being, you normalize it. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of wondering how old she was when she married him because maybe there was like some kind that of sad story right there. Definitely. 
Or not even statutory rape, but that can act just like emotionally binding mm-hmm. at a young age. You allow things, you're more tolerant of things for a longer period of time if you are acclimated with them at a younger age. So I definitely feel if you had become like acclimated to your husband fucking sucking blood or like being a pussy ass bitch because it was like slightly chunky for your whole life or majority of your life since you were like a teenager, then you're going to be more normalized to that and it's not going to be that big of a deal. So yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah. With that being said, you guys kind of fucked up. I can't believe you would ever tell such a horrible story. I'm so oh, appalled. <laughs> I had to after the last mini episode where I kind of... So many like, vampires. Where I kept alluding to him. And I read about this one guy. I was like, well, I might as well tell the story of the one guy I read about who mm-hmm. was also a vampire. Because... Total vampire. Vampires are a theme for the next... I don't know, these last two episodes. Or no, not the last two. The last two main episodes. Yes, yes. Well, this is why the people listen, right? They listen for vampires and wife killers. this isn't... Damn it, I was going to say an insult, but I can't remember. What is that one with the glittery vampires? Hmm. Wow, Jasmine Uh, doesn't even know. Of course she doesn't know. Why am I not surprised? Why am I not fucking surprised? (laughs) Glittery vampire wolf one. Yeah, (laughs) that one. That's not what it's called. Where she's in love with the vampire and the wolf. You know what I really want to do? I really want to go on like a trivia show. And I want it to be all movie movies. trivia. And I want it to be on national television. And I want to infuriate America. Because I'm going to be like, huh, I know what you're talking about. I have just have no clue what it's called. Or the other answer would be, oh, I never saw that. Mm. <laughs> and it would literally piss off America. And I'd be America's fucking most hated American. And that's crazy because I would probably defeat Trump in that <laughs> So, Uh, in your lack of movie knowledge, you would would defeat Trump? Yes, because people idolize the wrong things about other people, and they... Oh, Twilight. That's what the fuck the damn movie is fucking called. I had to Google it. Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, listen. I would be the the most hated American because people like to idolize memes and funny quips and bullshit like that and not pay attention to the fact that we have a fucking horrible human being for a president and so i would become the most hated american because i couldn't tell you what the name of the vampire movie was yet we have somebody running our country that is just so wrong and massively tweets all these horrific misogynistic fucking incorrect politically incorrect and just like incorrect in a base level fucking shit and that's the world we live in and that's what's so crazy and that's so funny and that's why we drink that's why we fucking drink Speaking of the world we live in, the world actually did something right for once. Actually, twice, because we have two good notes to end this podcast on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So I we're going to leave on a good note? I know. It's rare. It happens. Maybe I'm turning a new leaf because of the new job. <gasps> it's because you're turning into me. I doubt it. 100% really Welcome doubt to it. Let's leave on a good note. I just named that segment. Let's leave on a good note. Let's let's try it. Let's try it for a little bit. See if we can leave on a good note. Teresa, I want you to leave us on a good note. So I have two good notes. Bill Cosby was sentenced to jail today. He is getting three to ten years, which we all know the motherfucker is going to end up getting out on good behavior. Now, my only question is, why is he the only one that's been prosecuted? Why not Trump? Why not Weinstein? Start him with one. Start right? with one. That's fine. We're going to roll. Let's go. At least we got one, you know, better than none. Hey, that rhymes. Yeah. So Woo! that's a plus. Okay. You know, I'm Here hoping. Every no. girl, whip out your Cosby sweaters, crop them, let's dance. We all know that he's going to get special treatment and he's going to be confined to a special area, almost like the Lizzie Lohan kind of bullshit. He's going to do so much fucking yoga. But at least he serves time and maybe he'll die in jail. I mean, fingers crossed. <laughs> well, you never know. And the second thing is one thing that's near and dear to my heart. So California legislation has unanimously, let me redo that, unanimously passed, unanimously, fuck. Unanimously? There we go. I can't talk right now. Drink it. It's fine. I'll be her mouth. Yeah. Ew. (laughs) Gross. I know. (laughs) Anyway, so California 
legislation has unanimously, unanimously. Yeah. that we will no longer sell products that have been tested on fucking animals. Now, we just need Governor Jerry Brown to approve it. But the plus side is he is a huge animal rights advocate. So Oh, good. So this should go through with yeah, flying colors. So we're not doubting that it's going to go through. And California will be the first state to declare, fuck you and your animal testing. Your product's not welcome here. So, that is awesome. So happy for that because it is such a bitch to go through. And I've done this myself. Trying to find products that have not been tested on animals because there's a lot of loopholes. And she does from, do this. And from what I've read on that bill, it covers a lot of those loopholes. So we so will. So how? Wait, how long until we're? Vegan? It won't take effect until 2020. So two years. But the fact. So in 2020, we'll be vegan. Okay, that's not necessarily true. So, <laughs> but in 2020, we will. If Governor Jerry Brown approves of it, which 100% he should, we will be the first state to be 100% cruelty-free. So no products in the state of California will be allowed to be sold if they've been tested on animals. That is awesome. And then eventually, I'm assuming, we will just progress that and we'll just be like, no animals allowed in the mouth either. No, because I like American cheese and mac and cheese and burgers. And then get to Texas, bitch. Welcome to California. I mean, Texas is a magical place. (laughs) I don't hate Texas. Welcome to Florida, bitch. I don't know. People who live in Texas that live to listen to us, I don't hate you. I just don't care for certain people that live in Texas. Fun fact, if you've been listening to us long enough, you'll know Teresa hates everyone. This is, see, that's exactly 100% true. I just hate everybody. Except I like the people at my work. (laughs) And me. And Jasmine, yes, and Jasmine. Yeah. yeah. So there's like an asterisk next to it. You have to meet certain yeah. qualifications. Hate everyone, asterisk. Yes. That's fine. Yes. That so, is a really positive note. So right? that is a good it's, way to end this podcast. It's rare. We do positive. Now, if you want us to keep ending on positive notes, maybe tell us because I think it's a good idea. I think Teresa's going to run out of positive shit. I'm oh, going to go ahead and call it right now. We all know I hate the fucking world. She just had a good fucking week. That's all. I did because I like my new job. But I'm pretty sure once I get used to it, I'm going to hate it. She'll have some negative shit. Yeah. Oh, 100%. So guess what, guys? No matter what, we're always going to end the same way. What way is that? Cheers. Cheers. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cheers. Cheers.